This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a road show and road trip that continues. It's Hale Varsity Radio still in Minneapolis. We are tucked into the Lions Pub. They put us in the corner like we fumbled, yep. like like we gave up 10 points in three minutes. That's not nice. Some of you aren't over last night's action. Nebraska falling to, to Minnesota. And uh, we're here for a little therapy on Friday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranek. Weekend edition, a day early. Good That's to see right. you. That's right. We can count it as a weekend. It's Labor Day coming up. Yep. Connor Clark also with us. Good to see Connor. Numbers to get in, 489-1240. 489-1240 or toll-free across the state, 1-800-825-5865. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And get in touch with us on the stream, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Watch the show that way. Comment to us uh, in that uh, space. Also, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, uh, got in last night late. He is off to uh, one of the 10,000 lakes in northern Minnesota. He'll join us at 5. Brady Altman is going to join us as well. Hour 1 and much of Hour 2 open for you if you still need to talk this thing out. We'll also turn a little bit of our attention to the Buffs and Nebraska next week. So, Elijah, it was a late night with Real Red Reaction. Uh, Had a lot of time to think on of it. Think on it. Uh, Nebraska fans woke up today, still ticked off, and and some folks uh, woke up going, eh, you know what, let's see how the rest of the season goes. Cranach, uh, Cranky or not this morning after how it ended? Numb, maybe, might be the word. You know, I there's some talk about, hey, are you still optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you sad? Are you happy? It's just, it's just, it's, it's numb. <laughs> it's because it's the same feeling after every game, seemingly, over the past, I guess you have to go on. We're, we're coming up on about, this would be the third season of the, Super close, almost statistically impossible at this point, <laughs> losses. I mean, really, like law of averages exist for a reason, right? And my Lord, they are not in Nebraska's favor, which hopefully maybe one day might lead to all of a sudden it does come into Nebraska's favor. But, man, it's it's just the same all the time. And, and Mark, the well, same the, all the time. One of the things that I've been thinking about today, and I brought this up briefly in the reaction show last night. I think it was kind of proven last night not to, to just dive too deep into the reaction here. And 
I'd like to make one thing clear. I usually get a game rewatch out of the way before our next show following the reaction show. Considering Schmidt and I had to get up early this morning for KO4 mornings here locally, didn't get enough sleep. I got a little nap in midday, and I still haven't completed my rewatch, so that might have to wait till this weekend. So I do want to lay that out right now. I haven't completed my usual rewatch of the game, so this is still based on you're, first You're reaction. doing this off of memory. Yes, I am doing, doing this so off of memory. that's the disclaimer. Okay. Um, but something we talked about last night, and something that I think was proven last night, was the fact that the mentality of Nebraska right now, this football team, the, the fourth quarter tightening up, that is not a, an issue that is just reserved for, you know what, it's because Scott Frost is the head coach. That is a deep, bleeding knife wound to the throat that is not going to be fixed by a Band-Aid. Now, I think a lot of wow, people we talk went, themselves we went, in. We went knife wound to the, to the throat this <laughs> time. I love it. I mean, it. think about it. Think about it. Nebraska was yeah. bleeding out in the last four minutes of that game last night. Now, I think a lot of people with, with Matt Rule in charge, and maybe I'm even partially included in this list, thought that it was a, a I shouldn't call it a Band-Aid fix. That's probably a little light of a term to use, but that, that the mentality shift would be there and it would be the talent shift that would take longer to, to come around. I think we saw a talent shift last night whenever I look back at that game. I think Nebraska was better almost everywhere on the field aside from quarterback and wide receiver when you compare them to what they were last year. But the thing that's going to take the longest to get fixed now after watching last night is getting that mentality and that culture shifted. And it's not going to be a Band-Aid fix that's going to get that right. It's going to be a long and painful process. And I, I think... As of right now, I hope I'm not premature in saying this. We have to expect some more painful losses this year. That's how it's going to go. Sure. That's Matt Rule's history uh, and, and how he rebuilds a program. You have to go through some hell before you get to the to the to the mountaintop. And I think right now Nebraska is is going through a little bit of hell, and we'll see how much they can get fixed before next week. Not to just dive too deep into this game already, but I still have more thoughts. There is still just so much heartbreak from last night's game that I don't think a two-hour reaction show tonight or last night plus another two-hour show today and probably even a two-hour show tomorrow is going to allow us to get all our thoughts on last night's <laughs> game out but we're sure as hell going to try can, all right can we decouple though and I'm asking this like rhetorically I'm just saying can can we decouple what Nebraska was yes the feeling was the same for all of us last night I think it's pretty clear there was a cultural issue and the further we get from Frost the more you kind of hear different things where it starts to start to make starts to make a little bit of sense. Can we can we just isolate last night on like was that the team being tight, right? Was was that the entire team just oh or no or was it Grant? I, you know that was actually that fumble. Of course you can't do it, right? You got he's got to figure out how to secure it more. It was textbook pretty damn though. good, but yeah, pretty good play by Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? Like. You, you sort of have to give them their due there. Like that was sucks. like the peanut punch, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was an excellent defensive play to cause that fumble, right? So can you can you equate that to a deep seated cultural issue? No. I don't it, I don't know. It's, it's that might have been just good play, right? Yes. And then and then and then the interception. Well, I don't know why you're having the dude throw. Like, I that's a whole another thing we're going to get into today. Yes. <laughs> uh, a little theme called "Run the Ball." I don't know if you've heard yeah, of that. Yeah, Cranach, but, you, you've got the you've got the T-shirt, you've got the yeah, hat, well, and you're a member of the fan club. Run the damn ball! Listen, listen. It, it's not about going into the fetal position and sucking one's thumb. Mm-hmm. It, Minnesota made some clutch plays and some clutch moments and outperformed Nebraska. That touchdown catch, okay, on fourth down. I know Elijah has video footage on Twitter at Herbal Essence of a potential false start there. Uh, 600,000 views. Good work, sir. 
uh, and, and and you also have the coaching aspect. I liked Nebraska's mentality. I liked how ready Nebraska was defensively, okay? They tackled. They did well stopping the run. They were better than we've seen in a while getting after the quarterback. They're still not vintage pressuring the, the, the quarterback. But they got after him a little bit. They, 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 yeah, him. I mean, the defense yeah. did everything they could except two stops. Minnesota pulled a magic act out, and they made some plays. And they took advantage. Uh, it's not, again, because of, of a mentality. You've got a, you've got a quarterback problem right now if you're Nebraska when it comes to having to throw the football, period. That, that's, that's the loss. There's, there's a, you got a fumble. You got three interceptions. There's your, there's your issue, and it's, it's not a psychological thing. I think they can come out, fellas, and go to Boulder pissed off. That, that needs to be the mentality because stop me if you've heard this before. If Nebraska starts 0-2, you're really worried about the season. Nebraska could start 0-2. Now, I wonder how different this is, too, because a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know if Nebraska can really win this game. And a lot of, including myself, picked them to lose this game. But now that it's actually sure. a reality, the thought process going into Colorado seems way more urgent. I mean, you said it too. Like, if this is an 0-2 start, then you're looking at an emergency in the face. And you got to try and navigate through that. Now, um, you, the good news is you have a longer week. You can watch Colorado play on Saturday against TCU. So that's a plus for you as well. And then you can have the extra day or two to try and get at least mentally prepared for this game. And as you guys highlighted, I mean, Minnesota made some spectacular plays down the stretch. The fumble, the forced fumble was absolutely textbook, put his fist right on the ball, popped right out. They were right all over it. That catch in the end zone was very, at least for me, Jackson Smith and Jigba-like in that COVID season. It was a fantastic toe drag. They yep. showed the replay of that diving catch out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> that could have been a touchdown, too. I don't know. The ball hit the ground and out of bounds. It's a whole different discussion. It didn't count, but whatever. And their safety, and I can't remember his name, two picks. And that last one, at just an absolutely huge moment cutting off of a route over the middle. Now, Jeff Sims, yes, had the three interceptions, including the one in the end zone, which really hurts you at the end of the first half. But... He also was able to make some throws into some tighter windows, which I was kind of surprised about when you look at the picks that he threw, right? I mean, a lot of them were off the back foot, kind of lobbing them up there, maybe missed an open guy or two. But a couple of nice throws to Marcus Washington were sprinkled in there, especially later in the game. And I think you see the potential of the team and where they can go. I was very pleased with the defense, especially their physicality. The only knock I have on them is the whole Ty Robinson thing with the targeting call. But other than that, I really like the defense, and it'll be interesting to see because, again, just another excruciatingly heartbreaking loss. But, again, it's game one of a new regime. I mean, how much weight can you really put that in? And I, I think it's a pretty large amount of weight that and, you and, put into that. And Shmita, to jump in here, I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about Sims because you kind of laid out the game that he had last night, had some good throws, had some terrible throws. We can get into that just a little bit. I've seen some comparisons to Jamal Lord, and I want to get Mark and Schmidt's take on that because I don't remember watching Jamal Lord play. I was alive, but I was an infant. 
So uh, I can't really speak on that. But one thing I do want to get into. The old guy uh, slam. I don't remember watching Whoa. Jamal Lord play because, you know, I was crawling. Well, 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 one thing I do want to get into here, though, is something Connor laid out. He laid out some of the plays that Minnesota made down the stretch to go win the game. And that's something that now almost 24 hours on, I've had some time to digest. And I can admit, like, yeah, the, the four turnover is not ideal. You're not going to win many, if any, football games with three picks. But simply put, the difference in the game was that when Minnesota had opportunities to make plays down the stretch, they capitalized on those plays. The touchdown at the end, they, they get an interception as Nebraska is driving down the field. On that final play, whenever you're right on the edge of field goal range, uh, your running back makes a man miss, picks up nine yards, and makes an easier kick for his field goal or for his field goal kicker to go win the football game. And you compare that to some of Nebraska's plays down the stretch, really throughout the game. I mean, Isaac Gifford had a great chance on an interception in the end zone late in that one before Minnesota scored the game tying touchdown. I'm sure he's going to be kicking himself over that one. Gabe Irvin. On that drive, he had a seam, and if I remember correctly, he had a first down picked up by the time that that ball gets punched out. Like, like Minnesota just made more plays down the stretch whenever they had those big moments. It was Grant. Sorry, Grant. I, I keep on saying that. It's the second time I've done it today. I'm, I apologize, Schmidt. It was Grant. Um, but whenever Nebraska had opportunities to make plays to go in the football game, you can even go back to right before halftime whenever you should be punching it in from the half-yard line and you have a false start, and then you have Borkutcher on the next play open in the end zone, and you throw it to IGC in the corner of the end zone, and you telegraph the throw, and it gets picked off. Nebraska, just whenever they had big moments and opportunities to make big plays to potentially put that game away, they didn't take advantage. Whenever Minnesota had those same opportunities, they took advantage. And simply put, that's that's the story of last night's game, and I think that comes down a little bit to mentality and maybe uh, some, some PTSD from years past. It's going to take some years or some, some time to, to get right because of the years of those events occurring. And it's not, a, it's not a band-aidable fix, I think, last night showed me. But there is signs of encouragement coming out of that game because I think Nebraska, for the first time in a long time, maybe dating back to the Michigan State game, lost a one-score game. And I do actually come away from it saying, I think Nebraska overall was the better team. Minnesota made more plays. They had the better quarterback. Yeah. That's your X factor. That's but I do fair. think Nebraska had the better team last night, which is a sign of encouragement. Here's, here's the reality. And here, if you're a Nebraska fan, and we'll, we'll dive into this here and, and carry it over. We'll have some more thoughts from Matt Rule. But are you encouraged or discouraged? You know, clearly you're discouraged about the result. Uh, clearly you're discouraged about some elements of the offense. It wasn't perfect defensively, but it was, it was good enough defensively to win. The difference is going to be this. Under the old regime, this, oh, we're, we're cursed type mentality existed, right? It existed. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, found a way to, to lose. We just need some, yeah, yeah. We, once it pops, listen, and I'm not sit, sitting here to pin you out of Scott. I'm not, but, but that, his own body language and, and lack of leadership through some of those tough times was an issue, and it kind of permeated a locker room, a losing mentality. Matt Rule is not that. He is going to be the difference in next Saturday and beyond the next time there's a close ball game. And he said it out of the, out of the get-go with his postgame. He's about accountability, and part of that accountability is like, look, you're not going to feel sorry for yourself. Go be better. And he said Minnesota made plays at the end, made more plays. Their quarterback made more plays. Mm -hmm. Their defense made more plays with the turnovers, forcing those turnovers or at least making and getting a stop 
And the other part of this, too, Matt Rule is a hands-on guy. He is going to coach the players. He is going to coach his coaches. And I would be surprised if there wasn't a meeting because they've got to recalibrate what is a real thing you can ask Sims to do moving forward. What's sustainable offensively? Because it was him running the football. That's uh, it. It ain't him throwing the football. I mean, if, well, you, if you take away that that weird trick play, the Osborne play, as he called it, Sims is 10 of 18. six points. Sims is 10 of 18 Maybe. for 80-something yards, which is a terrible performance in a 2023 standard for, for a college quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And, th- look, the, the offense needs to discover its identity a little bit, too. You know, for Gabe Irvin being the starting running back, I think he got, what, nine touches? Something like that. He had hardly any in the first half whatsoever. You do need to think about what you're going to do. I, I think you nailed it, though, with quarterback. There, there, is there I, There might be a difference between, and this I think goes back two decades, between what Nebraska wants to be versus what they are. We'll get there. We'll take your calls. Hail Varsity continues on a Friday. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hey, thanks for hanging out. It's Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Still in Minneapolis. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. And uh, get to some of your phone calls and all of your comments in the stream as well. The Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Watch the show. Comment that way. We'll get to them. Pete, thanks for your patience. Thanks for hanging on the line. Pete, I know it was a tough one last night. Go ahead. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you. You know, the quarterback is just staring down his receiver. It makes it pretty easy for the safety to come over and make interceptions. I'm not sure you can correct that in the quarterback uh, short term. I think that's going to be something we're going to have to live with all year, and they're going to have to develop some routes that are quick routes and so he can go through his uh, hit his receiver sooner because uh, when he goes deep, he's just absolutely staring down and he's not going through progressions. And uh, that's a killer. And I, I think the coaching needs to be a little bit better. I think they'll learn from this and maybe learn how to call a game. You know, they've got to get better too. It's a new staff. Uh, why you put a running back in that has a tendency to fumble when the game's on the line, I just disagree with that. You want your best players out there when the game's on the line. So I think part of this is just self-induced, and it's correctable, but I think on the quarterback side, it's going to take some time. I think I think he's going to have to run the ball an awful lot this year to, to be successful. Uh, I thought the defense looked pretty good uh, throughout the game. Um, I like our talent there, and they seem to get better as the game went on, in my opinion. Pete, I agree with you. Defense looked nice. Yep. Uh, made a, made a lot of plays. Very few missed tackles, and uh, they they also got a little help. I'll say this about the offense: the offense was able to flip the time of possession in the yep. second half from what looked like it was going to be a death march. It was respectable. After, I mean, after, it seems after, like Minnesota is usually forty to twenty on Nebraska. Right. It was much. It was much. It was right. almost and, even. and it was ten to four after, yeah. or ten to yeah ten to yeah. <laughs> ten to four uh, after yeah. that. Um, that first quarter. Pete, appreciate the phone call, 489-1240 uh, or 800-825-5865. Yeah, and, you know, he makes a point about Jeff Sims in particular on locking on receivers. Which You were just doing some film study? Which, by the way, you can hear that just like generically almost every season. Somebody will say that about a quarterback, whether it's true or not. In this case, it's really true. <laughs> and like just, just right before this, um, Brian, our friend that's here, pulled up Sims' highlight tape from Georgia Tech like a five-minute reel 
And he's like, just watch. Look how many times he looks at his one receiver and delivers just to that receiver. And it was pretty much every throw. Like, just for real. Like, pretty much every throw. He really isn't doing a lot of scanning, doing a lot of checking down. That's not, by the way, it's a hard thing to do. Like, you know, it's not. He, he had a good climb up in the pocket last night. So he has some quarterback skills that are pretty interesting. I, I, I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, where he had a lot of pressure and he did a Brady-esque mm-hmm. climb up the pocket. And ended he up whipped being, it to Washington. Yeah, excellent play, right? Like, you haven't seen that in a while either. But his point about having to run the ball, okay, and that's a, such an easy thing to say too. But, but. What, what, what's the reasoning behind, ah, we don't want to, you know, commit to that kind of offense because then you won't be able to get the, you know, the recruits don't want to play in that kind of offense and they, they want to play in the NFL. Nebraska's not sending quarterbacks to the NFL, y'all. That, that's, that's been attempted for like 20 years now. There's zero quarterbacks that have made it to the NFL under all kinds of offenses where you're trying to attract the best recruits and run a pass half. It doesn't work. Ain't going to work. Not going to happen, period. We got two decades of, of, of evidence here. And then let's go ahead and add on the receivers aren't coming either. What do you have in the last 20 years? What, Quincy Inunua, Niles Paul converted to tight end. That's it. Trey. So in tw- Trey. Trey now. Trey. Okay. Now he hasn't officially played in the NFL yet. It's only been preseason. But you know what I'm saying. Urban 20 Fryer. years. 20 years of trying to Urban have an Fryer attractive. Was the number one pick overall. Yeah, it was 50 years ago. Exactly. No, it's, it's yeah, more 40. old shade. Jeez. So 20 years 40. of attempting to have a an offense that appeals to recruits that can get guys to the NFL and all, hasn't worked out. But you know what looked beautiful last night was Sims running the football. Yes. He was really good at it. And guess who's behind him? Heinrich Harburg. Guess how well he throws? Not very well. We don't know that. Right? And then how about Purdy? He, he catches passes. I mean, we, we know Purdy that. Last year. Yeah, God bless Purdy. We watched him last year, but I don't think Brady's is waiting in the wings either. So you got three dudes that can run that can't throw really well. That's who you are. I don't know who you want to be. You can make all these promises about getting guys to like, we want to be balanced and throw. That's not what you are. That's not what you are. So I don't know. We could be a service academy school. Right. I think they can. A higher level one. I think they can drill down reinforce what sims can do well right and that's some play action some quick throws and use his legs we just don't know how long his mobility will last in the big 10 because it's it's the injury factor brett emails in chris at hailvarsity.com the problem is people that go to road games that are bad luck (laughs) <laughs> Same problem the last several years. <laughs> you need to stop going to road games. Hey, it's all good. Hey, I'm going that. next week. Next week, I'm going to yep. Colorado. And remember, last time I took a road trip with Schmitty was the Oklahoma game where Nebraska almost got it done. <laughs> almost. You should stay back. Almost didn't lose. <laughs> That's almost funny. Yeah, maybe, funny. Uh, maybe Nebraska isn't cursed. Maybe it's not Schmitty. Maybe it's not the fans. Maybe it's the product on the field. Hey, hmm. that, what a novel thought. And whenever I go back and watch last night's game, like, to get back to Sims here, the product on the field that we saw, like, it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say aside from the interceptions because the interceptions are the story of last night's game for Jeff Sims. They were the killer. Aside from the interceptions, if you end up taking three sacks uh. on those plays, 
I think Nebraska still has got a great shot of winning those football games. If Jeff Sims tries to tuck it and run and gets stuffed in the backfield and picks up no yardage, it comes down to decision-making from Sims. When we talk about him being locked on to receiver, I was frustrated with that last night as well. But then I thought about it, and I look at oh, so many dual-threat quarterbacks across the country. That's how it works. Hey, you got your one <laughs> right. read. And then if you're a guy who's going to be scanning the field and going option two and option three, we actually think you're more dangerous with your legs. So we're going to have you read the defense pre-snap, go through your first read. If it's not there, tuck it and run. I think the problem with Sims was too many times he said, I see a guy, I can make it work, I'm going to trust my arm. And the thing you should be trusting when you're Jeff Sims is your legs instead of your arm. And and how is Nebraska, and we got a comment in the stream here about the left side of the O-line is pathetic on passing downs. They're responsible for a lot of Sims he got, he got pressured. He dropped back, what was it, 19 times. He was pressured on seven of them. Something like that. That, yep. that was the pro football focus. We'll get but to the phones in a minute. That, I, though, about you're also not good at pass blocking. So you got a guy that, you know, it, yards. he can get you in play action. Use him that way. Exactly. Right? Listen, and this isn't this – isn't, Nebraska has to go back to a carbon copy of the mid-90s offense. But they could benefit from just going ahead and admitting that doing what everybody else does probably isn't going to work out. you got to find something that's unique. For whatever reason, the Big Ten almost refuses to have mobile quarterbacks. I I don't know why, but they just do. There's just not a lot of those guys. And you're seeing more of them now. But I don't. I don't think they're using Cali McManus to like what he could be in no, the he's, run game, he's, right? He's, he's mobile, but he's not a runner. But my point is, is that you have an opportunity in a Big Ten that just really hasn't had dudes like Sims, like Martinez, right? Like Taylor Martinez. They don't just, survive. Yeah, those dudes. Well, fair. But that's why you got backups that also can't throw. I mean, <laughs> and good luck and God bless getting the serviceable backup to not transfer in the transfer portal portal era. Uh, I mean, it's hard to get one. It's going to happen anyways. It's going to have that's built in, right? Like people are going to transfer no matter what, right? I it's just I don't know. I, it's going to be an ever evolving thing, and and I think there's a chance for to to what we've talked about a little bit earlier is learn from this if you're. If you rule in in, in in Satterfield, what what is correctable? What is coachable with the the Nebraska offense, specifically quarterback? And can you get your dude to not make bad decisions? Right. It's not that uh, great point Elijah had that you're. There are some quick like Tommy Armstrong, right? Tommy Armstrong would have four guys signaling to him. He'd look over, and a lot of times it was predestined to where the ball was supposed to go. <laughs> right. That would be Kenny Bell on the slot or get it to Quincy or, okay, and just do it quick that way in the Tim Beck offense. It's okay. Make yeah. it easy and painless for your, your dude to be a, a playmaker with his arm and his legs. Um, right. Nebraska needs to find out a way to do that here by, by Saturday. Well, yeah, well, and they need to figure out, and it's going to take a little bit, so when I'm saying they need to figure it out, I'm not saying they have to figure it out tomorrow because they can't. But what, like what their offensive identity truly is, I think defense has seemed pretty clear. I think it's a little bit easier to establish that. But when you consider it's a new offensive coordinator in Satterfield, new head coach in Rule, new quarterback in Sims, right? You're, it's going to take a little bit to figure out. Okay, like what actually are we good at? Not in practice, but in actual games. You know, I bet you if they look back at the, at the chart too, they're they're saying, you know what, we should probably get it to the running back a little bit more. I think more. they're having trouble finding something they're good at. 
right well but but they should probably get it to the running back a little more get those guys a chance to get in some rhythm you know just commit to that guys but they're they're gonna have to figure out what their identity is the running game didn't pop fellas until sims got going with his legs yeah and then things opened up for the running game we have a caller real quick that's how that we have mike on the line (laughs) that's how that works i know i know that's how it works mike thanks for calling go ahead bud yeah, why why did they run Casey Thompson off? Uh, we talked about that in the the show last mm. night, and I, I, think, I think that's a great question the, to have today. I think they wanted a mobile quarterback, a running quarterback, and they didn't feel Casey was going to be able to do that. Oh, he ran last year, didn't he? Well, no, no. My, my concern he had six touchdowns. Yes, my but concern is not a. A, he was not a running quarterback. And it's a small sample size, Schmitty, right now. But my concern is based on what I've seen thus far, and I'm including Sim starts at Georgia Tech, I'm concerned you ran off the better quarterback for an uh, for a quarterback that you liked Did you more. run off the better decision maker? I mean, I really don't want my quarterback leading leading the team in rushing. I just I yeah, just think that's a recipe okay for that. I, I, I agree take it you that, weren't a big yeah, Amart fan, Mike. Well, you it would be better having that come from having most of those running yards coming from the running back with the quarterback as the guy to keep you honest to allow that to happen. And look, running off Casey Thomas may, may be part of it. Maybe this is benefit of the doubt. Maybe part of it was, hey, you know, our our uh, block our pass blocking is terrible. Not gonna get so in a year. Casey Thompson's not going to be able to do what we want him to do there anyway. Yeah, good point. So, so let's might as well go with the guy that can probably move the chains better running the football. That could have been part of it. Mike, thanks for the phone call. Good question. Uh, Casey is not a runner. They wanted that part of the offense. Uh, more of your thoughts and calls, 489-1240. 800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. More comments to get to the stream, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Still in Minneapolis, Chris Schmidt, Mark Raynack, Elijah Herbal, and Connor Clark. Uh, Mike chimes in with Sims as quarterback. They're essentially just running the Wildcat. Oh, come on now. That's not no, that bad. It's, it's, Listen, he's okay. Sims is okay within 10 yards. He did well. 10 to 12 yards. That mid-range, Elijah, you'd mentioned it. A couple of those throws to Washington were solid. And you saw that in the spring game, too. The little intermediate stuff, especially not outside towards the towards the boundaries, but towards the middle the of the field. Yeah, he, he kind of looked uh, – it kind of looks like that's his thing. You know, like he, he's able to lead receivers, not just hang them out to dry and have them jump up and get killed in the ribs or anything like that. He's pretty good in that intermediate stuff. From a quarterbacking point of view, I think Sims, with the arm talent that he has, is a more talented quarterback than Taylor Martinez was for Nebraska. Where he struggles right now is that decision-making process, which if you don't have ball security, you don't have job security, especially as a quarterback. If you're going to be throwing picks, you're not going to be playing for very long. It's as simple as that. Taylor Martinez had him beaten the decision-making process, but from what he can do with the football, how he can spin it, he's a better pure talent-wise quarterback than Taylor Martinez. He's got to get the decision-making down. And what concerns me right now is the fact that we have a two-and-a-half-year sample size at Georgia Tech and now a one-game sample size at Nebraska. And in all of those games, I mean, at Georgia Tech, he was averaging a pick per game. And then last night, he goes and throws three. So in his college career, he's averaging more than one interception per game. 
He has shown us what he is at this point. It comes down to the coaching staff now, I think, to put him in situations where he's not going to be making bad decisions. How do you do that? It's probably more quarterback run, uh, trying to get that defense out of man coverage. If you're able to, to give a threat with the legs, force a quarterback spy from a defensive game plan, force them to stay out of man coverage, you're going to be giving yourself more opportunities to make throws. You can scheme wide receivers open a little bit better. But I, I think there's going to be an element of, of that responsibility falling on the quarterback or falling on the coaching staff, I should say, rather than the quarterback to give him easier decisions in the game because he has proven he's a poor decision maker in the heat of the moment through almost four years of college play. Right, and and can you undo that? Can you can you change what you what you've been to what you need to be? And that's that's the million dollar question for Boulder. Timothy chimes in. Too much overreaction. My score prediction was seventeen thirteen Minnesota. They were favored by seven and a half. Nebraska was never supposed to win this game. That's the other part of this. We'll get into it here next hour. But, yeah, you feel different because you led and you led late and you had a chance several times to put it away. But if if if, if it was just kind of the, the old blind score here, Nebraska lost 13 to 10, you're like, all right, hell of an effort, fellas. No. I mean, <laughs> the, it, the, it feels the, very the frosty. The, 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 yeah, the 10 That's of the 13. That's why there's overreaction. It's very frosty. Yeah, the, 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 well, the, the, the 10 of the 13 points came in three minutes. Well, and listen, there's only 12 of these things, right? Sure. It's a, I think you have to overreact a little. If this is like an 80-game sport, maybe a little bit different. But there's only 12 of these things, so they all matter. You want, it to, you want it to be game. different under a new regime. You want, it, you want it to immediately flip. Let's get to some calls real quick. Uh, Dan, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead, Dean. We'll be right with you. Dan, go for it. All right. Hey, fellas. Uh, I watched Jeff Sims, and immediately I thought about the Jamal Lord era. Uh, it was deja vu all over again, boys. Uh, we're going to have to simplify things greatly, and, and he's, a, he's our only playmaker. So uh, it is what it is. got to find a way to scheme appropriately to use his strength, and we also need to understand, as I just heard, boy, it's going to be awfully easy to game plan for the Nebraska offense. Hey, let, let, let's What's not forget. Sustainable? Let, let, what can your offense uh, be? Let's but not I forget. I, I want this is why I want to get your take here on the Jamal Lord comparison yeah. because I've seen that thrown around a lot today, and I, I sit back and I go, "Well, no. hey, Nebraska did win ten games in that 2003 season, and I don't, I didn't get a chance to to watch those games. I don't Listen. remember it, so I don't know if that record you know is what? not indicative of the they quarterback play. Nine interceptions, <laughs> but they yeah, won ten games. Yeah. Well, listen. Okay. To compare him to Jamal Lord is not fair. Like Jamal. Jamal was Jamal no. threw a great deep ball to a fast tight end. Period. Right? That's it. That's all. And, and, Play action. And he was so good with deep. his legs right. that he made so much happen in the option of the quarterback counter game. Yeah. He's, and they, he's really a really talented quarterback, but he was limited as a thrower. Yeah, no, no. Jeff Sims is infinitely a better a, a better thrower than Be- better Jamal Lord. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Because he can right. Their style now, is similar right now with their strengths. I mean, Jamal would throw some balls that, like, seriously would bounce, you know, five to seven yards in front of his intended target, right? You know, I mean, he just was not an accurate guy at all. And I'm not saying that Sims is the second coming here, but, eh. However, I do like the idea, based on what he has shown so far, if, again, to go back to getting the running backs a few more touches, set up play action for him better set up play action for him better where it's not like you're having to, to, you know, throw into a ton of traffic all over the field. It's, it's, you got a guy deep, you try to hit him, 
And they were close to hitting one last night. Yeah, they, they were really close to hitting one of those last hit. night. Like that should be the bulk of his throws. Well, you got to get good at the run game. Mm-hmm. You got to get good at the running back run game to make the play action a reality. Or you just kind of do the old zone read fake and do a quick seam. Dean is with us. Dean, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Dean, we got you. Yeah. I'm here. Go ahead. Dean, you're on the air. Hello, Go ahead. Hello, Dean. Go for it. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, there's just two things I'd like to make a point of. Uh, that uh, the first play from scrimmage, I love that because um, they were able to push the Minnesota line back five yards and get five yards. The quarterback they sneak? <laughs> yeah, they're on the quarterback sneak, and we weren't able to do that before. And the other thing was, at a halftime, um, we came out and looked like a better team. And we've, it's yes. been a while since that's happened. And that's something I said leading off the show. I think Nebraska looked better than they were last year and probably looked like the better team everywhere except quarterback and wide receiver. I mean, I think back to last year, the offensive line was better, especially running the ball. The, uh, the pass protection looked slightly better. I look at the tight end room, they weren't utilized all that much, but I thought they blocked pretty well, especially in the running game. Defensive line looked better and deeper. Linebackers were flying around. They seemed to fit that scheme really well. I liked what I saw from the defensive backs, especially in that third and first half of the fourth quarter. I, I can even throw uh, most of the second quarter in there as well. I liked what I saw just about everywhere, and let's, hey, include the special teams as well. Special teams looked better. Where Nebraska looked worse than last year was just quarterback and wide receiver from what I saw last night, and maybe you can take that as a sign of, of positive encouragement. Maybe it's uh, based on how bad those two areas were, you're worried about the rest of the year. But I do think everywhere else in the field, Nebraska looked better. Can I ask a question for the room? And I'm, I'm the same guy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hand. A year ago, when Nebraska got destroyed by Oklahoma, I'm like, damn, Oklahoma looks like a playoff team. Oh, and I disagreed with you. Do you remember that? I disagreed with you I'm giving you a confession right now, so take this. <laughs> Hey, I said the same it. thing, Schmitty, so you're not alone. <laughs> I said, damn, Oklahoma well, looks like a playoff day. team. Yeah, they, thank you, Crane. <laughs> they did that day. It's all relative. Uh, six to six and seven later, you know, Nebraska. I mean, Oklahoma. Minnesota's a playoff team. Let's <laughs> no, I am not <laughs> going there. Okay, okay, not, I'm not going there. Minnesota's not. a four or five win football team. You think? I, I had them at Maybe. seven and five. That that's what I see. I, I liked what Maybe. I saw from Cali McManus last night. I thought he looked good in the quarterbacking spot. He, he was he was really talented. We'll wind down hour one. More of your thoughts. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency.